Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live. Yo. Yo. Howdy. How's it going, man? I am doing wonderfully. Uh-oh, not American? Mate, I told you I'm GMT. Disgusting. All right, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. There's a proper delay. You just went, yo, and you were like, you've already talked about a 10-second delay, so I was a bit surprised. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Beautiful. Hey, do you want to introduce yourself? Give us your, give us your qualifications. Tell us what's up with you. Mate, I mean, you called me a professional. Frankly, the the, the description frightens me. Um, but yeah, I, I my name's Chris. I have uh, been a socialist. Basically, I used to be like a liberal, but I've been a socialist for like 10 years now, just not even out of my own choice, just being involved in like working class politics in my town. Uh, so uh, I did philosophy uh, during my undergraduate. And um, I uh, decided, you know what, fuck it, I want to do international relations because, frankly, it feels as if, like, the left only really focuses on domestic politics. True! True. Yeah. So, and I thought, you know what, it seems to be, because especially when you read, like, the mainstream international relations textbooks, which we, I, I, could, I could say a few things about that that I've been learning uh, about how they have been, like, completely manipulated by the institutions to give a massive right-wing bias. But um, it, it seems to be just like this holding point of the, the just authoritarians. Wait, we got we got to test your credentials. How do you feel about the Hong Kong protests? Um, I have mixed opinions. I mean, ultimately, yes, support the Hong Kong protests. All right, okay, okay, okay. So, um, like I, th I think the best take that I've heard on Hong Kong was from Bad M. Penyada. Oh, uh, 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 wait, he's, hold he's on, very... wait, hold hold that thought because oh, I have oh, to oh, respond yeah. to that. Yeah. Wait, yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god! Can you give me like two minutes? <laughs> yeah, here, sure. enter entertain the stream, okay? The stream is yours. Uh, you're right, guys. I'm here to grandstand. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I've literally never done this. Three hundred and five viewers. Fucking hell, that is a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, like now, now that I have your undivided attention, I guess I can uh, talk to my friend Ewan, who is um, currently watching at the moment. Ewan, you ball bastard! How are you doing? Uh, just thought I'd give him a shout out, but. Yeah, I don't know. I imagine he's going to fucking try and roast me for saying that I thought M. Peñada's take was good, but generally, like, I, I, do, I, I do think that he took, like, a decently balanced point, like, he's very much against the Chinese state, and, um, but is still semi, at least, like, what I guess what Lenin would call giving critical support, he's quite critical. Oh, hello, yeah, thank you, thank you for remembering me, yes. Um, yeah, I, I usually online. I usually go by Tiny Arms Activate because I am five foot seven, which makes me king of the manlets, king of the manlets. Although all men are kings, all men are kings. Yes, trans rights, trans rights. Oh shit, yes, yes. Because my friend who has no attention span has to um, watch this. I wish I wish I could indicate rights. to you guys how funny the thing that I was just interrupted to look at was i wish i could tell all of you and show all of you how silly it is but i can't it's a top it's a secret meme and it'll be carried with me to my grave all right what's up what do you what have you been bread pilling my chat about 
Um, just generally rational. <laughs> Five foot six king. Yes, I'm personally. I'm first of all all men are kings. Trans rights. True. And um, just generally, just uh, right, like reasoning why I thought that because basically I've not been hit. Like when I was talk when I said that Bad M Peñada's take was probably one of the best that I've heard. It's just because it was quite balanced and was ultimately still like in support of the protesters, but and critical of China, but was still saying like you know reinforcing the amount of like reactionary kind of elements within the protests but yes as i said ultimately support the hong kong protesters not yeah i mean i think that's that's kind of inevitable given the material circumstances of the area oh, right yes. a lot of the other Absolutely. protests that are going on right now like uh the protests in uh in iraq or or, or in chile or haiti or whatever are, are are protests against like neoliberal regimes so of course america is yeah. not going to cover them positively but the one oh, in um, hong kong is against something that is ostensibly america's enemy you know with our relationship yeah. with china so yeah. of course we're gonna of course they're gonna wave around the union jack and wave around the american flag so uh, like naturally yeah. that's just how the, the the borders fall but i think their sentiment oh, on the whole is 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 largely positive yeah in my experience china has not been making being a consistent leftist very easy either so like <laughs> I, we have a few uh, we have we have a few uh chinese people in the um like like chinese students or like, i met one in particular who was uh his dad i think was quite big in the party and it really disillusioned him to the idea of like the left in general but then when like he did some studying later on and i think and realized that like other forms of leftism exist that seem completely alien to the way that the left is portrayed in like Chinese hegemony. Yeah, you hear about so, Xi Jinping um, uh, 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 removing the term limits for the presidency recently? I probably have done, but like, like it's all like most like because when, when you study this stuff, you're mostly going into like long term theory and stuff. So most of the uh, most of the stuff that's actually happening is a bit like background noise. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's and, and then you like wake up. You're like, okay, well, you know, the theory of the Communist Party of China is to you know bring about the world. And yeah. then and then one day you wake up and you're like, Whoa! and you look at China and you see like all the billionaires and stuff, and you're like, oh god, oh, yeah. oh no. <laughs> it, like it's it's. Oh jeez. Like, one of the central points that I want to make today is that all these fucking ridiculous contradictions within like authoritarian <laughs> like this thought and like. um all the, all the, like the, the fucking, like, and yeah, I'm gonna be like massively anti-tanky as well. Just, Hell, you know, well, like, I mean, I, you came here talking about like um, anarchist military theory, so I imagine. Oh so, god. Yeah. yeah, 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 because I think that I think generally, like, <laughs> and, and I don't mean to try and be like putting myself in the middle of the the whole fucking thing, but I really do think that the question of military defense is the real crux behind the the divide between uh, like Leninists and libertarian socialists and anarchists in general because ultimately mm -hmm. like in my experience the anarchists have and, and for like reasons that are just internal to the way that like anarchists can be fucking stupid sometimes have just not a, like have barely attempted to address this problem mm -hmm. and like because because what, what ends up happening this is this has been my experience when talking to like leninists and leninists in general are not just tankies like i describe tankies as the generally they're just the ones who will like argue with you in bad faith and like use cynical appeals to listen there are good leninists out there but holy oh, yeah. shit are they outnumbered <laughs> the bad oh, leninists like, like, like while i was in my while i was doing my masters my girlfriend at the time was like a chilean like leninista or whatever like she was like a uh like a, a massive like a teacher activist and like was in like the student leninist party and shit like that so i have come across some fairly decent consistent leninists in my time like enough to have them in my bed yeah i think 
I mean, the main issue here, right? Like, yeah, the big problem is if you if you go leftist in the modern yeah. world, you're going to have like America on your ass or or someone else. Oh. But it's, gonna, it's probably America, yeah. but it might be someone else. And I think that if you want to have a fair and reasonable discussion about how to build actual socialism, MLs and people who trend towards authoritarian leftism mm. have to recognize that so far their system has succeeded only in producing dystopian authoritarian states that are brutally repressive of their citizenry's rights and in most cases do nothing to advance the rights of workers. And anarchists, okay. I think, have to recognize that the idea of being able to like successfully bring about a global anarchist revolution without any kind of like centralized military defense is a highly suspect and questionable goal and oh yeah so i i worry sometimes like we're gonna i i personally believe in the concept of a transitory state which is why i refer to myself now mm. as a libertarian socialist but if it was yeah to i was be wondering done, when you were gonna figure that out yeah 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 no theory andy over here yeah yeah um mate i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna like properly give you the bread pill tonight because nah, I, give me I no tonight, fucking roast me give me I, I, I learned. Based, basing most of the shit on kropotkin yeah, because, I mean, like, well, he's a good, he's a good memer, big beard, you know. Oh, no, no, like he, like I really do think his like theory of mutual aid is like the answer, and it's a lot more complex because people say that anarchists don't have theory, and it's not fucking true. Well, no, of course. Uh, well, they, tankies say that, but then tankies don't oh, yeah. even read the books they claim to read; they just misunderstand the no. concepts written in them. It's worse than not reading theory. What's that phrase? A little knowledge oh, is a dangerous thing. I believe. Oh God! Okay. I, ju I just to clarify what I believe though, like this is my idea, yeah, yeah. like I, like yeah, conceptually, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, so. I believe that the that late stage capitalism will eventually bring about material conditions that will increase yeah. the likelihood of revolutions springing up around the globe, mostly in oh, the yeah. developing world. But things are also getting worse in the developed world too, in terms of income oh, yeah. inequality and other like major signifiers of economic upheaval. And I think eventually this is going to crystallize into a series of revolutions, successful or not, I don't know, that will mm. destabilize the broader like global neoliberal neoliberal regime, and we're going to start seeing actual socialist states prop up and if those socialist states yeah. are propped up even if there is a vanguard party i would want it yeah. to be some some vanguard party with a with a with a highly democratic constituency that is representative mm. of the interests of the people who want them to succeed the former government and after they have successfully sort of um seized control of the prior political establishment then they begin working to democratize those systems um yeah. in full and they need that process because account like defending against counter-revolutionary activity is probably like a pretty good pretty pretty important yeah. meme yeah I, I mean like compared to a lot of anarchists that i uh talk to especially in the uk like a lot of them are like really fucking like get like fucking scared of guns and shit there's like a there's a guy called world churchill and re world churchill i'm reading at the moment who's like mm -hmm. proper indigenous rights like big on his guns and apparently a lot of uh anarchists in the uk are like oh clutch his pearls he's got the gun how can anarchists what? be against gun ownership I mean, it's, it's, it really is the difference between um the uh, the americas and europe in my opinion I jesus think that, like, christ like, if you don't believe uh, in a centralized government to defend yourself, you better at least have fucking citizenry willing to do the work. You got, who, who has the guns if the, if the citizens don't in an anarchist yeah. society? I do. I put for revolutionary purposes, I do have certain strict. I have no ethical problem with 
the idea like if it works it's fucking amazing if you can bear arms and you can make it work then i'm absolutely for it i for revolution for actually challenging like capital and the state i do think that it should be put on the back burner for other like organizing practices like general strikes i think they're much more effective because frankly the government have way more guns and way more bombers and we're the ones who like make the shit so like we should really focus on that aspect it's a good but wedge it, issue to bring republicans over though because they're oh, like yeah, oh libs want to take our guns and if you walk to them and you're like actually i fucking love guns want to talk yeah they'll probably you know they'll like get their, their they'll get their dick out and we'll like work from there yeah you know? i mean uh, yeah I, as i said you but I'm, I'm pretty big on the whole like european thing like i'm kind of very much integrated into like leftism within europe well that's well that's fine because i'm very i'm very much into american leftism right so then right wait i have a question for you wait wait i wait wait actually you're the most qualified person i've ever had on to discuss this (laughs) some people have called me an idiot for this okay so okay (laughs) a lot of people don't like guns i understand why a person wouldn't they're machines designed to kill people like on an intuitive Mm. level i understand these people people who are like oh a gun's just a tool you should be nah fuck you it's literally a a device and you press a button anything in front of it dies like no fuck you it's reasonable it's reasonable to be cautious of and wary of guns yeah yeah yeah. but um but i'm in favor of gun ownership on like a on like a a a proletarian basis because i believe that if there's ever serious agitation in this country in america um where where there are like uh riots and strikes and so on and so forth and it gets to the point where the government sends in like the national guard and this has happened before so this isn't fantasy um yeah yeah and and we ever start seeing like like something teetering on the brink of a revolution cities start kind of losing like their grip on internal politics the government kind of like you see cities black out like is this mayor answering yeah. to us anymore in situations like that which and this has happened before in revolutions that's kind of how they function at least in their earlier yeah, stages yeah. individual gun ownership amongst the citizenry i believe is very effective at disincentivizing military occupation i think that it would do go a huge way to prevent the government from cracking down on rioters if they knew yeah. that if they sent the troops in there would be snipers taking shots at them from broken like apartment windows you know what i mean yeah 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 now i know of course uh, the government has tanks and drones and nuclear weapons but i'm of the opinion that for the most part at least until all-out warfare breaks out it's a really good deterrent against military mm. intervention how do you feel about that i'd say certain bits of progress would have to be made first i'd say like for, for like personal use when it could, say say you're like a known activist and like especially if you're like uh, in the americas if you're like indigenous or something like that and you have a really solid chance of like you know, neo-Nazis coming and bashing down the door. And right, right, yeah. Completely understand, like, having a, having a gun is probably going to be really important in that, in that context. I am more for uh, building militias as, like, a side project and having the guns kind of, like, communally owned and stored elsewhere to then be brought out once enough factories have been occupied, once enough... Um, once enough areas of the city have been cornered off and you can actually, like, hold it in place, then I would say that having guns would be a really effective strategy. But if you, like, start your marches with ak-47s yeah 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 you don't want to immediately yeah annihilated yeah you don't want to immediately power level to some extent yeah i agree yeah okay i completely agree with that yeah there's a big difference between like um like marching down washington in an armed protest where you're all likely to get corned off and shot down by tanks and um and 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 like six months into civil unrest the the governor hesitates before sending in the national guard because he knows that the rioters are armed like there's a huge difference between the consequences of both those both of those yeah, situations I think, yeah 
I would say that, like, I, I'm still of the opinion uh, that ultimately the ultimate power that workers have is the ability to stop doing what they're doing. And mm -hmm. I'd say that that is my primary focus. Yeah. And I'd say that it also just general. I think it's the best way to allow workers to understand how much power that they have. That is really important is to like, you're not going to teach somebody that you're really powerful by like dragging uh, one policeman away from a, a blockade and like shoot him in, in the back of the head, like on Minecraft. Um, right. No, of course. You, yeah. Uh, when you, when you, it's, it's, there's, there's that kind of like, but then there's the, wait a minute, I can literally just sit down with my mates, walk to the pub. Yes, I am this English. Right. Go go to the pub, like cheers, and and just and just say fuck them. And you know what? Well, of course, the pub the pub collapses. workers are also on general strike. Of course, so you actually have oh, to pour course, your yeah, own. But it's a yeah. public house in their own, like you know, they're they're, they're just solidarity. You know, most, most pubs in uh in the UK are like um at least like run by like a couple of people. Although then again, they are usually owned by chains. That is not the case here in the States. Man, if we had one day of a general strike, mm. the American economy would fall to its knees. I can't even oh, imagine maybe. a single day of general strike in, in a globalized economy would, would like break, would the, like the stock market would fucking plummet. It's wild oh, yeah. how capable we are of that. And we just, and we, and we, but we don't. I mean, we can't, because class consciousness and stuff. But, like, we, but like, would... oh my God, if we did it, though like don't stand outside any of the really big buildings it'll be fucking raining porkies yeah exactly <laughs> oh bring your fucking umbrellas because oh boy if Mate, you don't oh. if you don't want stock market executive on your on your shirt <laughs> stay away from fucking downtown like just just uh, no no what you need to do what you need to do is not not like avoid them but get in splash radius right and that that'll be a powerful image when you're facing off against the police Oh yeah, when absolutely. Got, when, you, when you when you've got like when it's like fucking uh, like that episode of South Park where Butters throws that like pig off 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 uh, off the thing to fake his own suicide <laughs> and he just splats all over his mum. Like that, I'd say like like having that image and being like, yeah, it's Porky. Even in death, like that. even yeah. in death, the police are forbidden from raising an arm against their capitalist masters. So if you're covered, exactly, if yeah. you're covered in them because they fell from like a hundred story building, they can't touch yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, although this is all in Minecraft. This, oh, well, okay, listen. Obviously, before any real-life revolutions like take place, we need yeah. to prepare with a Minecraft revolution. Everyone knows that. Oh, God. Everything we're discussing here is what would be done in a practice trial in Minecraft. This oh, is well known. You could you could practice uh, anarchist military in there, like just to have a have a have a little setup, like a you know, like you know those military games that they play, but like uh, kind of like adopt the structure so it works so how you improve that could be a great little uh, practice that guys guys i learned this in minecraft okay we dig underneath them and then does anyone have tnt <laughs> 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 uh, okay. that, that, yeah oh that's back to english history but, um, <laughs> that's a two events you probably already you probably laughing at the second one that i thought of but there's, there's another one I mean, um, I know the. Um, I mean, I know the fucking V for Vendetta, Guy Fox oh, shit. Oh yeah. What What were you uh, thinking? Wait, wait, of? Fuck it. I was thinking of uh, like there was a siege. Like there were these. These were back in the twelve hundreds. Uh, these like the king was like sieging these barons, and they were like, "Oh, you can't get us. We're in these big castles." So they dug under the castle, 
and like just strewn it with like oil and dead pigs and like burnt the fucking bottom cavern of the mine down so the so the castle just went into the ground and like allowed them to storm it jesus that's it like the quiet. fucking that's like uh helm's deep in lord of the rings when the um, when the yeah, uruk high when the uruk high took two yeah. legless shots to the neck and keep kept running with the torch of the bombs absolutely i didn't yeah, know how historically like, accurate that was so historically accurate. fuck i haven't watched the original yeah. lord of the rings movies in so long have you have you have you've watched oh. the trilogy i assume Oh god, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I've watched for my sins. I've also watched The Hobbit as well. Oh, okay. We all was... did. We wa we all watched the first movie <laughs> with high expectations, and the second and third yeah. were just grim obligation. Oh gee, yeah, I know, I know. But like now, I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan. I've like read the books and like read the book. Uh, well, I guess yeah, you yeah. are going for PhD. You do. You are capable of reading. Yeah. Oh no, no, mate. I have. I I think I'm quite confident that I have ADD. Like I burn out the whole. This whole thing is fucking torture to me. I burn out so easily. Like I'm just like I'm a twenty page. Like I've got to read a twenty page article, five pages in, and I'm fucking done. And I'm just like throughout. I'm just absolutely dead on the inside. Like this is not fun. Nice. But it's the only way. It's, it's all I'm good at. I mean, you're put. You're pushing through. I mean, li I like listen. I only have my bachelor's, but I had to do plenty of reading mm. for that too. Obviously, not as much as if I was mm. pursuing a master's or PhD. But no, I get. No, 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 I get yeah, it. Be, oh no, you, yeah, yeah. It's still like even bachelor's for me was burnout, but like masters and it's another fucking level like at least in uk universities i don't know what it's like in the us well my my university different. was not particularly difficult but i did have one teacher yeah. who had higher expectations for us than i expected most of my yes. most of the teachers i had okay so there were only two times i struggled in, in university yeah. okay i had there was the baccalaureate thesis that i had to write which was like 30 pages on um prison vocational programs uh, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. How, yeah, how prisoners could benefit from like work programs or work study. Um, and, and that was pretty good. And that was difficult. I had to do a lot of research. But the, um, yeah. but there was one professor I had who demanded, it was like a 10 page essay, like every week. And I know that's not like, I'm like, again, I'm not, I haven't done like postgraduate work or anything, but on yeah. top of all the other stuff, a 10 page paper every week on like 60 pages of like the theory book that we had to go through. Oh, that God, was a pretty, no. yeah, that was like a pretty heavy workload and she no, graded yeah, it harshly insane. too. Every, let's put like, because we base it on word count. Like, I, I, did you, did you, did you fucking increase the size of the letters? No, it was, it was something. 10, it, I mean, 10 pages, single space in, in 11 times New Roman. Um, That's fucking insane. That's like... That's got to be more than ten thousand words. Yeah, she um, she was um, she was the one teacher who never liked me. <laughs> I would draw in her class. Fuck me. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! You were the you were the fucking like that kid in university. It was um, you know you know what's actually really sad though. Mm. she was a she was a really good professor uh is is a really oh, good yeah. professor but um very very well learned obviously very highly involved in student affairs but um but but uh a little while into my time there she actually got in a car accident and damaged her brain and since oh, no. then she's had to reduce her class her class time teaching time she's dropped off a lot of her academic papers and projects because she has trouble concentrating now oh shit i mean can relate because same but like that's fucking awful like because yeah. the, the, the idea of like your brain like because more than any other thing like being an academic your brain basically defines your life yeah and, yeah yeah like that's then, that's your me. fucking and yeah it, that's being yeah. like a wood carver and your hands getting broken holy shit jesus like nah fuck that 
Yeah. Uh, like, she, she's, she's had a really, really good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a car. Uh, she fell off a horse. Um, okay. Oh there we go. Okay. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, well, did somebody in your chat correct you? Yeah. My partner, she had the same teacher. Oh, right, right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. One second. Hold on. I, my, I, the same person who just corrected me has requested that I take the weed paraphernalia from this room and I pick it up and I set it outside of the fucking room. All right. You know that weed is counter-revolutionary, right? That's time you could be spent organizing for shame. Listen, for shame. I'm not a Sex fucking druggie. Well. I'm not a fucking druggie, okay? Take that shit up with my fucking partner. <laughs> Sex as well. Sex is counter-revolutionary. Sex is fucking disgusting. Do you have any idea how <laughs> much vital essence you're losing? Oh, and it smells? Oh, no. Jesus. Anyway. Wait, quickly. How old are you? 27. You're going the hard academic route. I mean, you didn't just jump to PhD. You took your master's too. Like you're getting the whole you're getting the whole 9 yards. What do you plan on doing with your with your extensive education? Well, my my supervisor's probably going to be watching, so I'll I'll, I'll toe the party line and say that uh, I I intend to uh, have a career in academia and and teach and spread like have impact and spread knowledge and all of that stuff. Uh but uh at the moment I'm like academia is my main kind of my main thing it's literally like it, it does actually cause me a bit of anxiety because like having to like connecting academia to academia to um praxis is really fucking difficult because the amount of time you've got to spend doing like research and shit like that but do you uh, do you ever worry that the work of academics has been done like we now if anyone's like now familiar with academia, like if anyone's decently well read, they now have all of the information they need about the world as it is and what needs to be done to improve it. And do you ever do you ever worry like that? This is what I worried about. Yeah, yeah. And that okay. and that academia is just a way of like retreading and expanding upon ground. Like we're paving the way for the. It's like academia is like paving the future, but the pavers are like eighteen miles down. Um, oh yeah where the there's actual huge, human yeah. race is you know oh yeah there's a huge institutional problem when it comes to public engagement but we have like i mean noam chomsky is a fucking professor and yeah, yeah. manages to engage people it's it, it really is about like academics need to uh i, I really do like you know academic anarcho-syndicalism like uh, organizing and trying to turn the academy into something which has a lot more public engagement is super important <laughs> but like the academy's been so neoliberalized with like expectations of impact and like publications and just absolute fucking nonsense when it comes to like this there was actually fucking hell there was a stone toss comic about this of all things Real, oh yeah the, like, the bastion of modern theory stone toss oh comics. yeah it's stone toss man like oh like comrade to stone toss but um He's yeah. He made he he was actually like he actually for, like do you know do you know when you're like oh my god they're actually starting to get the point like when it comes to right wingers he was like he made this comic about like you know the cost of textbooks and stuff like that and then he looked up price gouging and he said this doesn't seem to be the kind of thing that is the bastion of leftism and Marxism and was like well really really or oh, maybe maybe institutional interests are not actually working for the left maybe he's probably a Nazbol most Nazis are Nazbols these days I know very mm. few traditional fascist Nazis. 
Um, it's yeah. actually, it's really funny because I want to get them on this if I got the chance. I bet, like, it's just funny that all, the, that the radical politics have all oriented yeah. them at the very least around the idea of class solidarity and proletarian revolution. Even for the Nazis. They, at some point, like, Nazis collectively realized, like, wait, hold on a second. Wait, fascism is really fucking stupid. Hold on. What if we were just Nazis, but we also, like, pretended to care about the working class? It's... Oh, this is something, yeah, this is something that's been, like, I've read my count took cover to cover don't mm -hmm. do it it's not a good idea it's fucking an awful book right but like that's in there that's in there he's 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 not actually i mean he, he his mat he cut his mask comes off later on where he's like i'm slagging you bourgeoisie guys off and talking about how you don't know how to like do politics and you're all naive idiots and i love the workers and everything but understand that i am on your side i'm trying to help you out here like he, he literally just basically says it outright well in but reality in reality, of course, they would never be socialists. Socialism no. presupposes a whole bunch of things. For one, it's like like cultural scientism. You know, the the, the idea yeah, of yeah, like yeah. actual like direct analysis of class relations. It's impossible for Nazis to do this because the foundational mm -hmm. ideological principles of Nazism are deliberate irrationality. They're not capable oh, yeah. of reasonably proposing solutions to the world because they don't see the world as it is. Yeah, I mean, I think international relations is one of the only topics where we actually like engage like frequently enough with actual nazis when it comes to like their academic work and stuff like you know carl schmidt uh i'm afraid i do not know that person carl schmidt is uh i don't i think he was a lawyer he wrote a lot of things which are kind of pertinent to international relations about insider outsider and like collective identity against another and stuff. it's pure fascism but like like, can, like this gives you an idea of how like reactionary international relations is as an institution. That this is the kind of thing that they even fucking. Read oh, it's going to get so that. much worse in a decade when um when the ecological yeah. consequences of global warming really start to hit and eco fascism gets like really in vogue and people are oh, like, God. listen, to save the world, would a few nukes over uh, over Indonesia or Pakistan really like would it really matter? Like, I guarantee you, we're going to start seeing um like op eds written by people with degrees in international relations talking about the necessity of like neo-imperialism to keep these people eating dirt um until we get the the climate change problem solved like i actually learned this very recently because i've entered like because we did an ir theory course like you know a module in a, in my master's degree but like we're doing a proper historic ir um theory kind of like module like at the beginning of my phd mm -hmm. and what they actually point out is the fact that the basis of international relations, like when it was first founded, like back in the 1890s and 1880s, it was founded on like race realism and imperialism. It was just pure, like how can we justify completely pillaging the third world within like racial science and, i mean that's like, that's the pedigree of the medium, right? Even back when oh, like yeah. even back when like um not Socrates. Socrates didn't write anything. When Plato was writing on like the um, yeah, yeah. the the, the relations, they thought like the th the thin blooded uh, you know northern those of the northern climate are are, yeah, are yeah. simpler of the mind and therefore less amicable when it comes to trade. But the southern climate, their blood has been dried by the heat of the sun. Like for it seems like for basically for as long as people have known that other groups of people exist somewhere else, they've um mm. they've tried to justify what their concept of international relations would be through a purview of uh, race wait that was socrates oh, okay i guess he said it rather than wrote it somebody else must have wrote it down or at least plato pretended that he wrote it true wrote it ha! plato <laughs> like plato, My man. Also, like the first fanfic 
ever. Like first fanfic, the apology. Damn, can't believe uh, we're dragging the dragging the classics today. Oh, <laughs> like I did, I did philosophy as my undergraduate. Like fuck all the Greeks, fuck all the Anglo-American philosophers. They are boring. Fuck them. I I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I mean, but, um, there's probably like some root there, but I do well, agree one, that for there, the most there, there, part, there's people, one or two. Like, yeah, for the most part, it's probably people like because it's the same people who are like oh yeah i'm very smart i worship einstein they just like note the big names that they that they're obsessed with because they think it's uh mm. it's it's an, an indication of their intellectual pedigree yeah they say like that's that really like coincides with like incel shit i've noticed like you know tesla worship and like just generally the kind of like <laughs> yang gang kind of like edgy like yang gang libertarian like yang gang. fedora tip yeah, are you yeah. mad are you mad we're all about to get a thousand dollars a month how mad are you you fucking what what do you have aussie bucks uh dollary dues we have we're gonna get one thousand pure clean american crisp dollar bills um just thrown at our front door in a crisp packet every single month are you are you hyped yeah. for us well, I mean, the fact that we're not saved me a trip to the bank to pay my landlord. <laughs> uh. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think that, like, I, I, don't, I, I, have to, I actually wrote a paper about universal basic income and how there are, like, massive dangers when it comes to organizing because if, like, people's... Like, because it's just going to neoliberalize the economy. If, even if it is, like, even if your theory of, like, uh, I mean... It's not really so much theory of it is just what's going to happen mm -hmm. is like you know price gouging and like rents going up and shit like that uh there's just so many dangers to relying on the state and and then like you know you know that companies are then going to pay you less because they know that you're you know it's going to be like they're going to treat you like a teenager working at like you know your first like mcdonald's job or well, the, the big meme is that it does yeah. nothing for the problem yeah. it's meant to address. The problem well, yeah, the that he's trying to address is... is automation. But what is, if you've been, yeah. if you're working as a truck driver or a factory worker, you're probably living off somewhere in the ballpark of 60 to $80,000 a year. Mm. How can you then come home and be like, Yang's like, oh, sorry, you lost your job. Woo. -hoo. And then <laughs> ignoring yeah. all, ignoring the VAT tax and the increase of commodity prices and the increase in rent or all that other shit. Just, you're now yeah. making, 24,000 I'm sorry $12,000 a year 24 if you're married with somebody it doesn't fix the problem it's meant to no, it's no, not no, a retraining sorry. problem it's not a it's not like a workforce program it doesn't meaningfully fix anything it doesn't increase employment it's just it, I don't I don't even know what it's supposed to do I see there are, there are other theories of um like actually proposed by like feminist marxist one of the most I recommend you look at Federici's like theory of um universal basic income because she proposes or proposed i don't know whether she's still alive i should probably check that out but um she proposed like uh it as a form of agitation against un the understandings of like patriarchy and shit and actually bases it within working class agitation i think that's the crux between uh, universal basic income that has the chance of working and stuff that doesn't like top down kind of like let's make neoliberalism work through massive like social sweeping social programs is just I, I think is just doomed to fail whereas i feel like if the population just agitated for it then i think that would create a power base that would 
allow for pressures upon power enough so that it could work. But Much more interesting to me than um, universal income is the complete decommodification of the things that um, universal yes. basic income would go towards. If all the money, like what is it, like $2.4 trillion a year <coughs> use, with, uh, yeah. with the program that he's proposing, if that money assuming it can all be paid for if that money rather mm -hmm. than going towards paying a thousand yang bucks to everyone was instead going towards like food stores that everyone can access or credits everyone can yeah. use to get their groceries basically like food stamps but less restrictive because food stamps fucking suck um or housing credits that can go towards landlords or like a gas credit or just stuff like that if we could decommodify those programs it would go so much farther towards making life livable for people and it would prevent price gouging because those credits would probably have associated with them some intrinsic worth to the um to the items associated it wouldn't be like ten dollars of gas it yeah, would be yeah. like would just, three gallons of gas value. yeah pure labor value but i mean you're not gonna like my response to this but i feel as if that the advantages of that are basically one of my biggest criticisms of like market socialism in general Ooh, cringe hey whoa whoa whoa, whoa. to be hey. fair i'm in complete support of decommodification of all human necessities food oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah food land all that stuff i only want market socialism for frivolities and luxuries and other things that people should be free to to define <laughs> themselves through the consumption of and then and only after then do we deal with <sighs> conspicuous consumption okay yes. yeah yeah no, i know no, i know i haven't forgotten i've read my theory <laughs> like there's there's a pro there's like kropotkin is so fucking like he, he he's he was he would be so perfect for like hot twitter takes because he says like so succinctly just like you know boom and like one of the big things he was really against marx's labor vouchers because he says that like you have said yourself that like commodity exchange as a fat like creates the foundational kind of like logic which produces the capitalist system so why do you think it would work as a transitionary stage i um god oh man fuck i don't want to contend with like the big names here i feel like <clears throat> i am very much in favor of finding yeah. ways to do wildly radical shit in the future oh, i yeah, am i yeah. do not i don't i don't even mean like stopping at communism or anything i'm sure yeah, yeah. that with advances in social social science and technology there are probably incredible horizons on the future um but well, i you think thought that academia was dead yeah uh, yeah okay well the, again <laughs> the path is like six miles ahead of where we are yes oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah but um but 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 it, but until we reach that point, I think there are like baseline steps. So like yeah. the decommodification of necessities like healthcare and, and and land, like I think this is like a necessary thing. I would facilitate like almost any social change that could enable something like that. The um, the yeah, I mean, it's not that's not particularly radical. Like our no no, at least at the point of delivery, our NHS at one point like you didn't ever have to pay anything. I mean, in like after like three years or something you eventually had to pay like a small thing for like um prescriptions and it, it just continued to grow after that but originally it was just completely free at the point of delivery yeah yeah it, and, and, and that's free. i mean and hey listen the envy of the world over except for americans because we assume you guys all have like 40 week wait times for necessary surgeries for appendicitis you have to wait in line for for 200 days before they'll take it out um but uh, uh yeah yeah that can be a problem well, okay, yeah. Well, then maybe your Tory should stop defunding it. Okay. Um, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but just before we can, sorry, sorry, I'm going to have to interrupt you. I just want to clarify no, something because because it seems it seems like you know Ancom versus like transitionary like libertarian socialist with market mm -hmm. socialist. I, I feel as if there's definitely a point of like 
synthesis between our particular perspectives because i'm an anarcho-communist but i'm only an anarcho-communist in so far as i think that we could do it and i don't think that i i think that it's possible to not have a traditional like the thing is i think that the, the, as much as like you know there's this distinction between marxist and anarchists as marxists believe in a transitionary stage and anarchists don't mm -hmm. like every single anarchist revolution has had some form of transitionary stage it's just that that like the relationship to that transitionary stage and the state have been very different. Right, it's not a distinct so. difference. It's a continuum between two perspectives oh, that are ultimately trying yeah. towards the same goal. The main, like, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, the main two things that I think are a necessary pre because the thing I'm concerned about is civil society. You need a yeah, you, yeah. you you need a civil society which is amicable to the idea of like a more radical leftist government. If you like, yeah. if we could snap our fingers and institute like an anarchist government right now, or so, or like a syndicalist. Yeah. Or whatever any some kind of structure even if even if the government itself even if the system was perfectly managed oh hey Luke yeah, Jack yeah. well glad to see you well um the people like it would it simply wouldn't work people's lives are not currently conditioned to the to the state in which it would need to be for that to function so I'm interested yeah. in civil society and the way mm -hmm. I think we can best achieve a civil society which is amicable to such a civilization yeah. is through the decommodification of human necessity and um, worker ownership of the means of production. And I think those are the two necessary base steps that should be established, yeah. one foot in front of the other. And then once those two are gone, guns are off, baby. We can go into the fucking distance with those two. We can go <laughs> wild with that shit. Yeah, complete thing. decommodification, abolition of the workday. Fuck every, we can go, we can sail into the distance once we yeah. have those two basic things down. I'm there. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm closing my eyes. I'm fucking, I'm fucking there, man. Fucking I'm fucking coming, bro. Hey, I'm not. Anyway, uh, <laughs> now, what I, the thing is, the big. It's the thing, this is my thing, and this is my one thing, and this this, this is where I I, I um like, and, and I wonder whether you will uh, agree with me on this. This is no. where I draw a hard line when it comes to um, mass organization and praxis. You can't. You have to continue, like, because you have to continue to have an antagonistic relationship with the state, even if you manage to, even if the like the revolution manages to like supplant the state system which already exists. If a, a state was to still continue, I mean, this is the thing. I, I guess by my definition, it would probably no longer end up being a state. Mm -hmm. But if like certain people were to like involve themselves in state politics and uh, were to implement policy through that institution, there still needs to be a mass of working class organization, which is fundamentally like not trusting of the state. I think I think I completely to... agree with that, yeah. I and think I'd say even that, that to the extent <laughs> that a monopoly of violence wouldn't even be possible. Even a perfectly managed state that is perfectly ethical in every way remains yeah. a state. <clears throat> It's like a, it's like a, it's, it's like the quite like the perfectly kind police officer or whatever. Like, yeah. cool. You can recognize, and, and there are good police officers out there in the sense that those individual human beings are of upstanding moral character and you can yeah. applaud them for whatever work you do, but the general distrust of the system through which they operate must remain no matter what. And I, I yeah. think I completely agree with that. I, in this Mine? sense of permanent revolution. My criticism, oh, Trotsky here. But anyway, <laughs> is that Trotsky? I don't, that, I don't I th listen, just the term permanent revolution sounds cool enough to give the idea a band, okay? Ice picks Make your wee-wee feel funny. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, like, where was I going to go with that? Yeah, I, my big critic, but my big thing with against MLs, even though I respect a lot of what uh, Lenin, and, and the thing is, I actually base a lot of my anarchist, like, 
understanding of organizing and military in conversation with theorists like Lenin mm -hmm. is it's the good Leninists you have to worry about. And this, and that doesn't mean I'm not going to organize with and it doesn't mean that I'm going to like, you know, like Stalin was just a fucking creature. Like he was just what he just, he just emerged from the, the mistakes that were made by Lenin. Whoa, do you hate actual working socialism? I'm sorry if you're jealous that Stalin managed to build something you never could. I don't know why you're, you're being so sectarian with this. Like, <laughs> one one day I also hope to look like a 5'5 five five Hassan Piker. Um, Wait, was he 5'5? Five um, five? Stalin, yeah, he was really short. Good thing all men are kings, so it doesn't matter. All men are 5'7 represent king of the manlets. I thought um, six feet tall was king of the manlets. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like, keeps racing like, every fucking le year. Legit, legit internalized body dysmorphic rationalization. King of the manlets is five foot seven. Um, but, Listen, um, one day we're all like, going to be like, king I'm of like, the I'm like, okay. I'm like fucking destiny, but like more robust. Listen, the like, bas the basketball class, okay, the Yao Ming's of the world or whatever, they're gonna yeah, yeah. they're gonna fucking elicit. One day we're gonna turn on the TV and it's gonna be like nine foot eight guys walking around. All right, we're all gonna yeah. be king of the manlets soon. Oh Jesus, not looking forward to that. Nah, we're uh, we're all kings. Whatever, live <clears throat> live that life. No, nah, mate, mate, I, I I do my tie. I can't I can't surrender that much reach advantage. <laughs> oh shit, nice. I used to um I used to box um up through to Sorry. college. Like I, I like, I, I, boxing is so, like boxing is a martial art. I fucking hate people who say that boxing isn't a martial art. It is a martial art, just because it's Western and like the kind the people who like do it are generally working class people. Think that it's not a martial art. Yeah, there is kind of a weird condescension there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it's funny, I get it's it. Funny how so many so many of the champions are black as well. So like, I'm wondering if that's like. I wonder. I wonder if the distinction is because traditionally martial arts were developed like in the hidden, like in the hidden misty mountains to defend against the invading force or something. Like historically, martial arts tend to have a rather like syncretic, like mo monastic tradition, whereas boxing mm. was developed largely through the rule of the sport but um mm. but nonetheless yeah, I, like boxers also developed by the fact that punching is a really stupid <clears throat> thing to do in a fight boxers like, I are hate... pretty competent fighters though i think oh, no right? they are good fighters but you have to wear gloves like like i have learned the hard because i did a i did karate before i did my time punching mm -hmm. bare knuckle man like you need other weapons yeah, I broke my I broke my knuckle before. Yeah, no, I know. Boxer, Jesus Christ, this amazing puncher who can literally like it's like a bowling ball at twenty miles an hour, 20, 20 yeah, twenty miles an hour, just mm -hmm. careening into your fucking head. What is that going to do to their like mittened hands? It's not going to work. You need your elbows. You need your knees. You need kicks. Right. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. I'm gonna like. There's a little actually a funny little story which actually goes into like you know material conditions and stuff like that. I'm kind of I love on material thing. conditions. Oh my god, material conditions. <clears throat> I mean, like, yeah. So uh, there's a story that uh, some of the some of the, one of the big MMA kind of like YouTubers told of um, like a you know, cowboy Western expansionist imperialist, you know, white supremacist scum. You know, he's going mm -hmm. west, yeah, yeah. the whole, the and whole he comes nine across yards. and did say, hold on. Oh, he said the whole nine yards. He's got everything. Yeah, going the whole on. nine yards. Yeah, yeah. He goes uh, to this tribe. I, actually, I mean, tribe is probably a bit of a cringy word. This this community this collective whatever word that they like to use for themselves mm -hmm. and um they get into a bit of a scuffle and he punches one of them in the face and they just stop and they think what the fuck is going on here 
they'd never seen it before. They'd never seen somebody use a closed hand. And it's not because, like, What is this technique? Yeah, what is this technique? And, 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 and like, you know, a lot of the liberal kind of, like, um... <clears throat> The noble savage kind of theorist types would say, oh, it's because they were so peaceful. It's not because it was peaceful. They had martial arts. They practiced a form of martial arts which emphasized kicking and, like, stand-up wrestling. They didn't punch because the only times that they'd ever be doing violence, they'd already be holding a spear. That's really fucking funny, though. That's really fucking hysterical. Punching a dick. Yeah. Like, punching a dick. He'd, like, take it back. Like, what? What technique is that? Who was your yeah, I, master? I, 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 genu I, I genuinely believe that uh, punching as a technique was developed because of urbanization. Because, like, it's not real, or at least, like, when, when society has become bigger, because it's just more likely that you're going to be bumping into a stranger who bears you ill will without any weapons. And it's like, oh, fuck what I'm going to do. Uh, close my hand up and, like, smack him. But, like, with close hand, yeah, that's a good idea. And I imagine that's how it developed. Because as that makes actual, sense, right? Because before everyone everyone would yeah. have tools, right? Like if there was any yeah, exactly. kind of interpersonal conflict in like a village scenario, you're, it's yeah, reasonably it, certain like A, that tensions have been brewing for a while, so it's not like spur, yeah, yeah. And, and B, that there's probably some kind of tool on hand and a pitchfork or a hammer will yeah. make an infinitely better weapon than a, than a, than yeah, a yeah, hand. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like one of the things that like we're going to win pocket and mutual aid and shit like that. Is his his own, he he actually documents like like murder and like assaults and shit like that within a tribe are fucking really rare, like within hunter gatherer societies like almost net like they're really collectively minded. Well, yeah, I mean of course, well, of course, that's your fucking tribe. What yeah, the fuck? Yeah. You can't you can't fuck around with that. You can't just be the dick of the group. That doesn't fucking oh, fly yeah. there. That it, you get punished fucking hard for it as well. Like there've been anthropological studies and shit like that of people who have like tried to appropriate like material for themselves. And it's like, right, come on, commune, get together, sit down. <clears throat> and, and he's like, fuck, what do I do? And they've like, like this proper big dick energy kind of like guy who's like, oh, I'm big man, I should be able to get all the fucking share and stuff like that. They just like pushed him into fucking tears, understanding that he would absolutely lose every single point of support. Yeah, everyone and, pisses and in just... your cornflakes from then on. Yeah, that's it. You got exactly, pissed cornflakes yeah. from now until but the day you then, die. Even then, there was reconciliation because they have the punishment of you're not eating today, but then eventually one person would come over and give them a bit of a scrap and say, hey, come on, let's do better and stuff. Like, like, like hunter-gatherer societies, like, a lot of them are fucking solidly, like, they have solidarity up the arse. Well, this is, I mean, this is one of the central, like, uh, uh, conceits of an anarchist society, right? You want people to be yeah, less yeah. accountable to the state and more accountable to their community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is this is actually going to like be a massive basis in like the whole anarchist military thing. So is it okay oh, if yeah. we just start talking? Yeah, we're an hour in, and and we have Fuck. probably like forty five minutes more before I have another thing I need to do. So yeah, oh, okay. we should we should probably do that. <laughs> right. Okay. So starting off, uh, basing uh, my anarcho communist theory off Peter Kropotkin's theory of mutual aid. Now, mutual aid is not let's just all be nice to each other. Because like, uh, it kind of gets, like, through through YouTube and shit like that, it kind of gets diluted into, let's just work together through mutual support and direct action and things will be great. Mutual, mutual aid is actually a really, like, really profound theory of social science, which basically says that um, he, he, he started it off as a theory of evolution. Kropotkin, to this day, I, I can't think of a better theorist of, like, biological evolution that both fits with the, how we actually observe, like, zoology and shit like that and how 
like theory based as well because he's going against like the whole victorian idea of like evolution is about individuals like striving to be the better thing and eventually society collapsed because the biggest strongest thugs or whatever will yeah he made he made the argument that like evolutionarily we're born about to create the best society right that our the conditions of our existence are developed around creating like optimal social conditions that maximize in-group coordination if if I remember correctly, I, I've never actually read like Conquest of Bread or any of its other theory books, but I've had some info disseminated to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's also this. Basically, he uses this, and this is a, a like the he uses this theory to basically say um, that society existed before the state. Not only did society exist before the state, it existed before humanity. Society, for Kropotkin's theory and my theory of international relations, can you still hear me? Uh, yeah, perfectly. Cool. Cut, uh, cut out. Um, his interna- my international relations theory is that effectively society is a thing that exists as an emergent property of human interaction and, and animal interaction in general. But that basically, like society is like it, it's a thing that like exists and has its own. Like basically, we have social reasons to do things that have no other purpose than to serve society. That so like that that kind of like social inclination is what provides us an understanding of examining human organization as Thatcher spinning in her grave right now as a real society. Right, as, right. As, like, and and that, and I would go, and uh, my uh, my supervisor has kind of come up with a few. Th- basically, like we, our individuality emerges from collectivism. Like, there's this idea that oh, we could collectivize by bringing these like rational individuals. Well, together well, this is also. I mean, this is fascinating to me because this is also sort of a, this is like reflective of the, funnily enough, reflective of the looking glass self. It's the idea yeah, yeah, yeah. that that your individual persona is dependent upon like your ability to ref- to see a reflection in the eyes of others. It like yeah, if you yeah. lived alone in the woods, you would have no identity and no personality. Oh god, a no, personality- there is no such thing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, a tiger can't... is not a politically significant individual. Yeah, exactly. Like if you existed on your own, you would have no lens through which to frame your perspectives. You would have no 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 greater context against which your personality could develop. You would just be yeah. an, you would just be an animal. You would just live to maximize the likelihood point... of your survival. But there'd in... be no point of thinking about yourself at all. And, and my, I can say like this is like this is easy if you really think about it. Like my, and this is exemplified because I'm a streamer. My individuality yeah. is absolutely dependent upon at least now because this is my work is dependent upon the, the my visibility to others if i was on my yeah. own right here just talking to a computer with nobody listening i wouldn't be the same person my personality no, 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 is no. yeah defend dependent on my ability to engage with my environment this hyper neoliberal like reductionist thatcherite there is no society only individual shit is like incredibly fucking cancerous which is why she's yeah. like infamous quote you know but Oh God! Like, like I'm. If it, if it has, you may not know this because I, may, I imagine, like, like most Americans, you're not well versed in like, uh, like English, like variety of accents and shit like that. But I'm Northern. I'm from Manchester, where the Communist Manifesto was published, actually. But, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we have this, like, that's basically where the like the heart of working class politics and uh, general, like, you know, tech. Like it's it's like a mix between the deep south and the rust belt, uh, in a, in a lot of ways. Well, it's not rural. It's the it's fur- it's the further ways. north in England, the more rural you get, right? Like the, the your north is our mm, south, no. correct? No, 
well, he's oh, he's God. It's fucking like probably it's not a good idea to draw an analogy between the. Okay, then you probably don't have as clearly demarcated. You don't have a Mason Dixon line, so you probably don't have as clearly no. a denoted you know difference. And... We do have a very. There are certain cultural, class, and um, ideological differences between the North and South, which are based in the North's industrialization and their relationship to proletariat politics, which generally hasn't existed as much in the South, although London was a big one. But, like, you know, you go outside of London and you've got, like, Surrey and, like, all the home counties and shit like that. It's very rural and very rich. Um, I'm currently... But, yeah, so... Um, Can I ask you one yeah, really quick unrelated question and then we get yeah, right yeah. to anarchist politics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with a piece of television programming called Love Island? <sighs> Uh, somebody said ooh mank on the on the fuck you grim gospel fucking man yeah uh, no, fuck it yeah no love island is oh fuck the worst thing about love island is there are people who like wouldn't normally watch love island who get sucked into it by people who do my and girlfriend is watching to... love island fucking hell yeah I'm it's sorry. like wait it's so much better than the bachelor um, <clears throat> like that's not a good. That's, that's still not. It's good. <laughs> so much better. The Bachelor is fucking baby shit. All manufactured drama, no sex. In the fucking in Love Island, dude, them titties are popping. They're they're mm. they're popping out, and the accents are indecipherable. I feel like I'm listening to fucking to fucking Sims talking. Holy oh, shit! Yeah. Oh yeah, literally because of the legacy of the BBC. Like, uh, like for the longest time, you were literally only like an accent like mine. I couldn't have gotten a job at the BBC. You, I like, wait. I'm an American, and I'm pretty bad at reading accents, and I I can read every word you're saying easily. Yeah, I mean, like I was literally like <clears throat> disciplined into talking as clearly as possible for a Mancunian as I could be by my mum because of like like she wanted the best for me and shit like that. But most people from Manchester like talk like this, you know. Hmm. Um, but um, like no 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 like like we 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 are kind of cons like my my supervisor when I told him that like I come across as quite posh when I talk to people in the north his immediate response was oh you think you're posh and I'm like oh shade oh you think but, you're um, posh yeah 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 it's always the fucking one I'm a shade fuck you guys and your fucking accents by the way you're the only re your accents are the only reason people like Paul Joseph Watson and Sargon of Akkad get any rep whatsoever here in the states yeah it's because like, your fucking honestly, poshy I accents get mistaken for actual like intellectual credibility yeah it, it forms it's so much on region and class lines though because i could probably woo accent because it sounds english enough but like i talk to people in university and like i come across especially when i'm drunk and angry come across as a bit more of a you know not somebody who necessarily could be intellectually respected uh so thus is classism in the uk it's fucking it's a whole fucking meme it's wild but yeah. uh yes anarchism anarchism and mutual aid yes so, all right uh, hit me up hit me up we got this. society right we got society before the state and i'm like right fuck yeah like because because i was i was toying with anarchism from you know what you uh, libertarian socialist rants uh and i've already been toying with the idea of anarchism because like I, I literally ended up because at first i tried to be like a free market libertarian because i wanted to be like a big brain boy who right, like, improved right. how good he is in the free market or whatever but i realized that like i learned about class politics as like i thought this isn't really <clears throat> oh shit and like fucking capitalism is actually completely broken and doesn't promise anything that i wanted you identified the neoliberal dick down your throat and you worked to slowly unwrench it yeah and i realized like very early on that capitalism just like needs to end and and then i was like right fuck authoritarianism is kind of a massive fucking problem but i think that anarchists are idiots was my was my thing this fair. was back when i was like 21 22 fair true. Uh, i eventually started like 
actually reading anarchist ideas and uh like engaging with the theory and also just generally realizing like the pitfalls of like authoritarian states are just like too chasmically big to be able to traverse successfully and i was like no this this is gonna have to be so i was like right i'm gonna read the literature i'm gonna get gonna get learned i'm gonna get proper learned and so i was like right convinced generally the idea that uh, like a stateless society could like be functional is not like an alien concept to most leftists like lenin was like anarchist you fucking idiot you say that like a, a society can exist without a state i agree it's just that we need to defend ourselves against the bourgeoisie at first. And all that. Yeah, I don't think any I don't think any credible leftist could unironically argue that a state is a necessary prerequisite for human organization. Or if they did, yeah, I would be yeah, incredibly a, suspect of that. Yeah, that's he's not remotely like it's it's within like the, the absolute tradition of like left wing philosophy where because it, it's it's such a it's such a weird modernist because for the longest time like the mass of population was so antagonistic towards the state it would have been a fucking alien idea within the working classes or whatever that the state was like this necessary institution it's quite it's quite a recent phenomenon that we can't imagine ourselves outside of state control um, but yeah so I'm like yeah I'm loving it I'm loving it. I'm Fuck, and then I'm just hearing like throughout the leftist groups that I'm in and everything is like, how do you defend yourself? Because you don't have like that much of a transition period, and you're saying you're issuing authoritarianism. What are you going to do about? I it? mean, you give us the fucking answer then. This is like literally the biggest divide between all like major yeah, leftists. How do we do it? Tell us. Right. So the way that I uh, <clears throat> formulated this, because like there was fucking nothing within the literature that I could find. Because I had decided to have it as like my master's dissertation, and mm -hmm. they're like, "Yeah, sounds like it sounds like uh, sounds like a fun meme. Good luck." So I'm like, "Oh fuck, right, uh, right. I can't find anything." Turns out there is actually a few good things that my supervisor could like now could have pointed me towards, but I didn't know him back then, so I had to kind of work blind. Nice, nice. So the way that I formulated it, I'm like, right, there's lots of things to do with like an anarchist revolution, establishing the society, how it would work, blah blah blah. We've got all that down. To lesser or more extent so i'm going to base it off that all of that shit is tight and working and then we're going to formulate like what, what would we do like we are going to have to fight we can't be anarcho-pacifists about this we are going to have to fight because like you were talking about how like you know you need the legitimacy of the state but every single leftist revolution has like incurred like like le like i don't think lenin was feeling the feeling the love when he like took state power and then every single imperial power just descended on them like immediately after World War One. Uh, yeah, probably seem to not. Be any I mean, did, I mean, he did better than. Listen, I've got problems with Lenin, but man, he did. He, they did. Soviet Union kept going for uh, for a lot mm. longer than a lot of other um, faux socialist projects. I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, faux socialist. Is yeah, oh, no, I know, I know, I know. Otherwise, but... otherwise, otherwise, the problem would be solved. If it was genuinely socialist, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, I mean, I'd say that, I, I, I don't know. I don't like the idea of calling it state capitalism because I feel like it's just a kind of like dunk. I, I'd, I'd rather describe it as like a poor attempt at socialism. Well, it, depend, it depends on what you're calling state capitalism, right? Yeah, exactly. I've seen some people say state capitalism for China, but China has a, oh, yeah. China has a market that is nearly laissez-faire. You just have like, it's just kept in line with the national interests of the, of the yeah, CCP. Yeah. Whereas with the USSR, there were no billionaires and, you know, giant mm. corp transnational corporations, but the state did pretty much exert the same level of control and 
to the same degree yeah. over the corporations that you would expect uh, capital owners to do. So that's like two mm. flavors of what people call state capitalism. And I don't know which one of them is a more a, a more apt description. You know, it's like, honestly, I feel as if like, because either way, we're describing the same societies and the same material <clears throat> conditions and the same relations of production. I think calling it state capitalism or bad state socialism or whatever is basically you saying whether you really, really like the USSR or not. Like, I don't think that like the names are particularly meaningful. But um, yeah, so basically, basically, I talk like basically with, throughout the dissertation, I kind of established like we're going through anarchism as like Kropotkin describes. We're going to do mutual aid, and from that we have uh, the central problem. We haven't like you know typically anarchists haven't been successful at defending themselves. Uh, Leninists and like you know offshoots of Leninism have been, but the society's kind of shit. So we either have societies that can't defend themselves or society uh, that work or societies that can't defend themselves that eventually just don't live up to expectations. Yeah, we're kind of fucked both ways. I mean, how do you like look at what's fucking happening to Rajava right now, right? Though I feel like an attempted statehood probably wouldn't have changed the circumstances there. Oh, God. Like, this is actually one of the things. This is kind of one of the central, like, bits of rhetoric in my my thesis, which is, like, do you really think Rojava would be much better off if they'd centralized? Like... Do you really think those mountains would have done them any more favors? Yeah, do you, do you really, really think? think the I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel Rodrava is actually holding off the, the 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 Turks like really well. By the way, mm. from what I read, oh, they've God. actually managed to. I remember reading initial projections on like the um the the Turkish um uh, invasion like heading in from the north, and it seems like the uh, Rojava has been able to hold on to like way more territory. Like they held cities mm. against. Like it's really impressive yeah. what they've been able to do. Like I'm, I'm glad for it. I, I actually, I was, I was, uh, I with somebody who works for the Turkish state who is like half Kurd, and he's just like telling me all the horrible shit that's going down. Yeah. So uh, that's fun. But um, yeah. So uh, basically, I decide to, you know, mutual aid, uh, confederalism, um, you know, like bottom, like you know, imagine like intersecting communes, um, organizing production, and then you have. Uh, for larger scale organization, you send off delegates, which are appointed by each individual commune and are then tasked with like largest scale coordination. Those um, larger, like those larger scale, like I'm going to call them like uh, committees, would then have the ability to delegate with committees, you know, your town, city, village, or whatever, working from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly, fairly simple solution. I don't really want to get too in depth into exactly how shit would function. Uh, just because, like, I mean, I'm a fucking anarchist. I'm supposed to let them decide. Right, right. Uh, but I want to base it on, like, shit that we know has been done and that generally, like, has had promises with working. Now, I would say that the uh, military could easily replicate this system. Uh, the military could have militias which organize direct democratically, appoint their own commanders, or I'd like to call them coordinators. I mean, let, like, we can, like, okay, so... I understand how the mechanics of an anarchist military would function. Uh, Well, of course, I'm sure the specificities would vary based on the people in a wide variety of circumstances I'm not aware of. But broadly speaking, I understand how it could work. The real question is... How do you rely? Yeah, how do you reliably get people to put their lives on the line without conscription or with this or with the threat of death or imprisonment on the other side in situations where either you get people to fucking pick up a gun and defend their their place of living or you let it be overwhelmed by its neighbors? How do you get people that desperate? 
without the threat of force. Well, the threat of force is coming, isn't it? Well, true, but mm, wait, okay, wait, hold on. Let me think for a second. Wait, hold on. Let me big brain this for a second. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So in one instance, if you have a if you have a a highly regimented, structured centralist society or centralized society, it is easy to conscript. Um, it is easy to threaten people with um, with death or imprisonment if they do not participate. So it's easy yeah. to get numbers together. However, it seems to me like usually people um, who are living in areas that are experiencing revolutionary turmoil anyway tend to be desperate, poor, and on the verge of death enough to defend themselves anyway. Look at what's happening to yeah. Rajava. Look at what happened with yeah. the Black Army. It seems like there's already a precedent for that. But here's something that I'm curious about. Even if you can get the numbers, how do you defend against counter-revolutionary insurgency from within that system without the threat of death or imprisonment against anyone who defies the anarchist mm. society post-revolution internal internal troubles is not something that i touch on in my master's thesis i'm gonna have to like i had to, i had to scope this within the context of an external invasion okay okay no 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 that's fair do you believe it is possible to deal with internal threats without the without like some form of centralization well yeah if you if you have some kind of decentralized threat of general power and violence i mean this is the thing like if you look at the anthropological record of like people who have established like i mean what basic if you're gonna try and like take like so everyone's just like society has just fucking dissolved not so much dissolved but like almost come alive and there are communes and there and there are like cooperatives and everyone's like working democratically like you need a basis of command and actually i am gonna like touch on this with um uh the mapuche and the aztecs later on but you need a, a kind of architecture to insert yourself into if you're going to have any success when it comes to taking over. If you dissolve, like, if you dissolve authority, authoritarian structures, like, what what mechanisms are, what institutions are left for you to infiltrate? Like, you've got to, you've got to like a mass a mass of the population has now been, and are now associated because it has to be a material change. It has to be a change in That's social true. relations. Has an well. anarchist society ever crumbled on account of internal counter-revolutionary activity, or have they just been invaded from without? I think yeah, every single one that I can think of has been fucked over. It happened in Ukraine. It happened in Catalonia. It's happening right now in Rojava. Yeah. Every single one I can think of. It hasn't been internal conflict. It's been external conflict. Yeah. Now, uh, what basically the way that I did it was, I'm like, okay, so you got a revolution, fantastic. Uh, you want to defend yourself. People are coming in. They, they've got bad. They're bad news. They're bad. The bad boys. Bad boys. Bad boys. Let's say you have the choice. You either go authoritarian or you go libertarian. So we've got these two these two possibilities, and you need like dimensions of strategy. So I took from this like very mainstream like military strategy, seventeen dimensions. We're not going to go over all of them because some of them I only gave about a hundred words to because I didn't think it was worth my time. Yeah. But the, the but the seventeen dimensions. First of all, in a section people and politics, a general like the structure of society and how it can sustain a war effort. Uh, war preparations, shit like logistics and economics and stuff like that, and then war proper, where you're actually doing the fight. Right. So, first of all, we have uh, in the first section, people and politics, we have people. We're doing mutual aid. And mutual aid uh, has demonstrated, it's the basis of how we have survived as a species 
like throughout like our history, like Kropotkin has documented this really well, how we, in times of like crisis, when it comes to feeding the population and getting them like healthy and shit like that, human beings are incredibly successful at spontaneous, like when, when the social relations are right, human beings are incredibly successful at spontaneously, um, you know, taking care of each other in mutual. I mean, the, the Russian revolution, the original one, not the October, yes. but the February one was literally just like an unscheduled peasant uprising that like dismantled yeah. the capital with, oh, yeah, with exactly. no central leadership. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Authoritarianism on the other hand, like they have massive, like you can't like look at Castro and go like, mate, you fucked up. Like he, he like within the conditions that he was in and the instruments that he chose to use, they really succeeded. But there's always that inclination when it comes to like state structures, the state has to come first. Otherwise it's not a monopoly on violence. The state interests the national. Go on, sorry. Do you, no, I'm curious. So this is the big divide between lefties tends to be the libertarian authoritarian spectrum, whether you subscribe, whether you're more tanky. I know there are like legit like Leninists or whatever, but for the most part, when I see people who are authoritarian leftists, they're dumb fuck tankies who'll just like defend yeah, Stalin yeah. or whatever. Uh, so you have those, that side of the spectrum and we can ignore those people because fuck them. And then we have people on our side of the spectrum who trend more towards hoping or believing that even if there yes. is some kind of transitionary period, it would be as, as decentralized, democratic and suspect as possible um yes. do, do you think that there is a spectrum of validity here like yes like we're, we're arguing which tool is best when we should be keeping the toolbox like by our side are there revolutions where a more castro approach is like the best way of dealing with it and revolutions where a rajava approach is the best way of doing it and we should respect that conditions will vary given the particular circumstances we need to be my i think that having them as a polarity is actually for rhetoric and like theory and shit like that it's helpful you cut out for a second it's i think i think it's helpful okay helpful okay um but ultimately material conditions will dictate what you have to work with and i think that there needs to be an openness to like imperfect solutions and so i don't think that i think that ultimately there is value because you are basically talking about the inherent kind of properties of libertarian structure against authoritarian structure and i think it's it's important to abstract them and isolate them in that sense but um in actual practice i i, I don't think that contradicts with being able to be strategic when it comes to the material conditions in actual practice agreed and you can be and and no matter what plays out whether you go more of a castro or more of a ypg yeah. route you can always be suspect of whatever state forms afterwards you can always yeah, maintain exactly. that suspicion which we always yeah, should exactly. because even authoritarian even the authoritarian leftists pretend to believe in communism and communism oh, is yeah. stateless we should always oh, have yeah. our eye on the state yeah but anyway like when it comes to like feeding the population they have been very sick, like, like authoritarian, but there's times there's just like, you know, like the famine in Ukraine and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like, if, if you, if you say that that's real, but, um, the famine in Ukraine, I, I do believe that it was basically the state's interest supplanting the need to feed the population. They, the state wanted to industrialize the state had its plan and the people therefore had to suffer for it. So even though you can't, I'm not saying that it's unsuccessful, but there are certain like other considerations that sometimes get in the way. So ultimately, I'd say that um, libertarianism edges out here. Yeah, I now, um, this is the I know next. To, by the way, I know next to nothing about Ukraine. It's probably okay. the 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 one of the biggest gaps right now in my in my brain holes. I mean, e either way, it was either like institutional forces based on national interest which caused it, in which case state sucked, or mm -hmm. it was 
like Stalin being an asshole, in which case states suck. Right. Yeah. So I no matter how you're important. Now, this is, this is the interesting one, society, and it's about the social institutions and their ability to carry on a war. Now, this is, this is, I think this, one of these kind of forms the crux of my, and there's a historical example here, which I think is really important. Uh, basically, my theory is that if you disperse decision-making capacity and have a strong civil society, that will get people invested and create a sustained resistance. Not only that, authoritarian societies tend to weaken society in order to give itself more reason to exist and then have this tiny fucking cadre of really important people who you can eliminate, like, cut off the snake. Yeah, it does It does seem guys. like that, doesn't it? Like, whenever these anarchist revolutions come about, the Catalonia yeah. or what have you, um, it's it seems like the population itself is really fucking fired up. But then if yeah. you get, like, five or ten years down the line, one of these, like, like status, like, central committee kind of kind of deals, it, it, yeah, it feels yeah. like the population at large is like a, like a beast that has to be prodded and tased to get to do anything. Yeah. Or the people is the, at the top are the ones that have, Not like, the, yeah, yeah. That, that's just what it means to have a state it's a really you can be democratic about it but ultimately you're allowing the population to participate in the violence that you're doing towards them and that is a huge problem yeah and no, the, the case with the, the like sorry oh. uh, i'm saying i don't disagree the case with the spanish invasion of south america is really like illustrative in this sense even though i mean like what basically because people think oh you need like authoritarianism so like every single indigenous population was absolutely decimated by the diseases that were brought on by like white people. The Aztecs fell in 30 years and that was partly disease, partly them going, yo, you don't like the Aztecs either fight with us. Not a very good, like if you're authoritarian, you're going to create some enemies mm. of people who don't want to be ruled by you. You can make alliances with outsiders very easily. And most importantly, you can play got your nose with the emperor. And when like you basically like the, the society i think a lot of the societies just basically collapsed because they didn't know what to do when their like god emperor was taken away and the same thing happened in like um yugoslavia you was know, the most recent thing i read about when yeah. fucking tito when tito bit the yeah. beto you know yeah, exactly everything else kind of fell yeah. apart after him and stalin as well like he literally like he literally because he was such a he he was a shit strategist to be that's going to come in later but he was such a shit strategist that he didn't like anticipate uh you know coming in and fucking invading and he had a fucking nervous breakdown and locked himself in his room to cry for 10 days and they couldn't do anything damn can't, be can't believe fucking... we're masculinity shaming stalin right now Oof, that's a big like, big yikes from me dog Big yikes, mate. The Mapuche, on the other hand, were a decentralized... Do you know about the Mapuche? I do not, please. Also, solidarity with the Chilean protesters. I mean, I should hope so. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't covered anyway. that yet on stream, but who boy, some shit's going Ooh. down over there. Fucking soldiers stacking corpses? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, uh, the Mapuche are an indigenous population who are incredibly decentralized. They're not necessarily anarchist, but they basically have, like, you know confederalist kind of like organizations they choose leaders the spanish never conquered them it took the independence of chile and the like establishment of like like it, the industrial revolution to like take hold and shit like that before they actually had the power to completely crush the mapuche they okay. they were literally like only in, the, the territory the mapuche held was only incorporated into the chilean and argentinian state in the 1800s 
even though they came into contact with them in the uh, like the, I think like the late 1500s. So we're talking at least 200 years against like the 30 years it took to take out the uh, Aztecs. Do you think it? Um, do you think it sometimes makes it difficult to advocate for um, for anarchism when it feels like when we're when we're like citing past examples or or past successes, we have to yeah. go either to s like societies that it lasted two years or like. Um, or, or like I mean, really old, like it. look at the nature yeah. of tribal societies kind of thing, you know? Well, yeah, it's going to be, it's always going to be like anarchism generally just has like a giant rhetorical barrier against it. It's just something that we have to fight against. Uh, I'd say like, I'd say that the, I mean, the thing is we're talking about the 1800s, not exactly like ancient history. No, 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 true, all... true. I just mean appealing to like the average person, you know? Yeah, I mean, like the indigenous America, indigenous people in the United States weren't fully incorporated. It, like, you know, the contiguous United States has established, like, completely taking over, like, native lands and stuff like that wasn't eventually succeed successful until like the like beginning of the 1900s, was it? Mm -hmm. Like the late 1800s at the very at the very earlier. And we're talking like century a centuries long process. Whereas we have this idea that we just sneezed on them and then they fell over, and it's not the case. They were and they were decimated but they 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 resisted and that, that's one of my big things like a lot of these societies because you because you uh kind of decentralized decision making you have a lot of people who like have have a have a stake in the fight right they're not alienated from their society so they have a they know exactly what's on the line they have a reason to fight do you think do you um, think there might be some benefit to the grim to the sort of the the alienation of one's of one's livelihood in relation to society from the need to defend it. Like, do you think like right now here in America, obviously we're not defending ourselves from shit, but when we send yeah. people overseas to go do whatever the fuck it is they're doing over there, there's such yeah. a strong, um, there's such a strong institutional barrier between that group of people and ours that for the majority of people, like say for myself, I never, I don't have to worry on a day-to-day -day basis about my livelihood or about defending my property or defending my state or defending my community. Yeah. I know that there are higher levels of some abstracted social structure that deal with that for me. And I feel like there is a benefit to that. There is a little, there is some peace of mind to knowing that I'm never randomly one day going to wake up up and be expected to fight do you think there's yeah. something to be said for that i mean the benefits of it or like the fact that it doesn't pull to i guess it really depends on what i guess if there was an anarchist society as sturdy and as strong and as large as america the same would probably be the case anyway whereas if america mm -hmm. ended up getting invaded i probably would be expected to do something about exactly. it exactly so like, i guess it doesn't really like, matter yeah there's i i think that if, also america you don't really have to worry about invasion you cornered off by two fucking okay i'm well shit. yeah okay yeah no if like, we worried about anything it'd be like a nuclear yeah. you, you you like your population had like no fucking like dog in the fight when it came to like world war ii like most of the population did not give a shit about world war ii when it was actually happening yeah. quite an interesting little thing um but uh yeah basically the other aspect we're talking about like culture and like ethics and shit like that which is basically more of the same kind of argument you have a culture of like decentralized decision making which gets people like invested in the society so yeah there's not and then there's the politics bit which i've talked about before where if your your whole political goal when it comes to uh defending the society as an anarchist society is defending society but uh, authoritarians have two goals, which is defend the society and maintain state sovereignty. So you, while you're fighting a war, you've got to worry about internal problems at the same time. Uh, Kronstadt, anyone, uh, they actually managed to fight off, you know, they crushed the Kronstadt rebellion, but like 
that is that's a problem like you're you're having to like crush soviets and like kronstadt sailors and shit like that you're having to forcefully conscript people like like Trotsky had to forcefully conscript the population in order to keep production working. Like, I don't know of, like, like, Kropotkin talks about, like, um, I mean, we, when we talk about production in, like, workers' cooperatives, for example, mm-hmm. and, you know, you juxtapose that to the idea of a decentralized society with invested decision-making, it's, sustain- it's a sustainable kind of, like, form of resistance like the Mapuche. You wouldn't really have that problem. Um, so, yeah, generally... Yeah, generally the general crux of uh, the people and politics aspect is you've got society that's good at taking care of itself, is good at organizing itself, has a dog in the fight, and is very good at organizing sustained resistance and doesn't have to worry about like the head getting cut off and their leaders just like collapsing the fucking uh, resistance movement. I mean, so... when it comes like people say that Stalin like helped during world war ii but it was mostly just the population going fuck they're gonna fuck well yes yeah, so, well stalin well yeah stalin didn't do shit you know it was it was yeah. it was russian generals and russian peasant peasants who, who did the, yeah. the fucking the legwork there and who boy did they do legwork baby they uh oh, yeah. who, they put in some goddamn work they they pushed those fucks out and they raped a whole bunch of eastern european women and then hitler died listen it's a yeah it's it's a classic story, really. Um, okay, I think I can't believe we've been going for an hour and a half. This has actually been a a, a much more engaging conversation than I expected. Okay, listen, <laughs> there's one more there's one more question that I would like to ask, and I was gonna yes. uh, add something else. And um, also, in case I forget to mention, you absolutely should send me if it is it completed your your thesis. Yes, I, okay. I've already sent it to you on Discord. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I saw a link there. Um, I, I hadn't had a chance to read it yet. Even though you sent it to me a month and a half ago, I'm sorry. Um, so I, Top I, I, ten I anime betrayals, mate. Top dissemin- anime disseminate betrayals. that. Um, the one big, <laughs> yeah. so the big thing I have to ask. So far, every anarchist and and also every social, every every revolution so far, yeah, has either failed, or in the case of some societies, like with say Cuba, you know, has. Yeah. Like siege socialism, basically. Yeah, yeah. Though, though, actually, I will admit, and this hurts me as a libertarian socialist, but I will admit, apparently now Cuba's economy is like thirty percent worker owned. Like they're actually working to um to not privatize, but like to to give the the, yeah, the state owned yeah to decentralize, yeah. which is really cool, and I really awesome, really respect yeah. that. I mean, um, yeah, like if they can actually pull it off, then I'm going like, no, you. States. like no if you could make build socialism fucking build it yeah absolutely and 30 percent is a huge portion of the economy oh, too massively yeah that's larger than venezuela's portion was for for for, for like work around yeah. um okay in your in your opinion do you yeah. what do you think the ideal like cap off the idea like firing gun would be to see the first long-standing successful anarchist society is there a region of the world you think might be particularly susceptible or a particular geopolitical like concurrence of events that that seems like it might lead to that what in your perspective what do you what do you think i'm not sure if i'm honest there's like geopolitics is pretty fucking like i'm trying to think of a place no i know i know i know just you can you can wild shot this i'm not expecting this to be come true it's more like it would have to be in the third world because like just revolutionary fervor is just like more agitated there uh ones with strong uh, africa might be one if i'm honest africa not africa the country <laughs> but like you know the entire yeah you sure fucking massive 
you'd have we'd have to build massive like cross border connections, uh, especially when it comes to a, like continents like Africa anyway. Yeah. But like with the strength of uh, certain traditional, um, you know, institutions and shit like that, there, there's there's options. I feel like there are options there of like building outside of like the neoliberal model, which might have not be as possible in my main in other my main worries with how much China has been investing in Africa lately. I worry that mm. they're going to take the same route as Southeast Asia, where there might be one or two like breakaway tigers that develop an independent like tech based economy, but the rest of them are going to just be like sweatshops and factory labor. I'm really worried. Could happen. I mean, the thing is, Africa's like you need you need countries to exploit in order to be able to do that. And Africa, like, I, I can't think of anybody that Africa is capable of bullying yeah. at this point. I mean, itself, um, it's pretty good at doing yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, maybe Nigeria pick on Togo, but like, with like the 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 source of like exploited labor has become pretty fucking thin within the world economy at that point. Uh, but um, yeah, but like, uh, we can go into like war preparation here economics and logistics you've already done the co-op thing haven't you you've already done a co-op stream about how good co-ops are oh no i'm uh, i'm a huge i one thing that really bothers me is when um is when people get really like a snooty and they're like oh socialism socialism means more than workers co-op yeah yeah I mean, yeah everything everything being worker owned is actually pretty much the gist of oh, socialism. Yeah, it's a gigantic first. You, you need yeah. to attack the uh, like. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, there are people who like advocate for the USSR who say that it's not a problem that they still have commodity exchange for fuck's sake. And that's like, I mean, yes, absolutely. Like, you, the by definition, you can't be socialist without some capitalist aspects. But like, what they have a problem with there is it just completely like deviates from the Marxist-Leninist tradition. There are different avenues there, and there are different ways that you can socialize the economy without like having to go down the kind of like massive like investment in like authoritarian Marxist yeah i mean the big the like big that. two routes are either you keep it libertarian and you have it mostly yeah. free it doesn't need to be free market but like an open yeah. market with with worker owned cooperatives or you go like centralized yeah. and you have everything owned by the state with worker with workers committees as as like a yeah. branch of the state um and i and i lean more towards the former because i really fucking yeah. hate authoritarianism but um yes yeah yeah so i'd always lean towards that and of course like just having worker co-ops all on their own isn't enough there needs to be a complete yeah. abolition of the class of the bourgeois so you need to find ways Oh, yeah. of like uh like 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 politically and economically disenfranchising them or or maybe they can maybe they can stay and just be a regular old worker if they're real nice Sick. but um but but yeah <laughs> it's just it's frustrating to me when people yeah, yeah. who claim to care about actual socialism will then back talk like the most yeah. effective easily advocatable component oh, yeah. of modern um like socialist advocacy which, it's which is it's the one course. avenue that the United States can like go, which actually looks promising, and they don't like most of these tankies are just like geopolitically just completely misaligned with the United States. Yeah, they're fucking idiots. But, um, All right. Any, anyway, I have to go through the other because there's a few really important mm. points. That yeah, I yeah, yeah. Run, run, run through them quick, the and economic, we can expand to them in the future. One hundred percent. I'm not opposed to talking sick. to you again. Oh, sick. Yeah. Economics and logistics. We got the success of cooperatives, like the, uh, the like uh, anarchist Spain was like incredibly productive. Um, you have. Uh, like things like administration, we've already talked about the fact that like if you have one guy who's in charge who you can't question, it's going to be a real fucking problem if he's an idiot. And also like massive amounts, like over amounts of discipline can like 
like there's actually a big problem within military sociology because they're trying to expand like what like a soldier's job is to like different like kind of peacekeeping missions and it's just not working because soldiers are just like soldiers are just killing machines yeah you can't trust them to do anything else they're trained to just be killing machines and so it doesn't work but if you have like communes of like militia who are connected to the productive like you know the munitions factories and the larger like like you know central like you know like committees of like um you know society and shit like that they're going to be very invested and very involved in society organization once again basically touching on the same thing intelligence and information this is an interesting one because if you're in a transparent society it's not going to be very easy to keep secrets but if you're forming based on these kind of like confederal like building the from the bottom up which is an important factor in this you don't actually have to obey your commanders if you think you've got a better idea that's a central point within this thesis. You do, like the whole command structure is completely turned upside down. But what that allows, and it's actually been shown like sociologically, which I'll explain in a minute, that that actually allows for better decision making to happen. Really? If you actually like give the initiative to people working at the bottom. That um, I mean, just... that contradicts like two hundred and fifty years of established military theory. Yeah, because military theory is based on pushing the power of a centralized state. So you yeah, have to have right. all. Yeah. All right. I want. So, I mean, I won't argue. You're the you're the researcher. Yeah. I don't have you a stake have... in soldiers being treated like <laughs> Sorry, shit. Sorry, if that sounded aggressive, I was just trying to be. Sensitive. No, 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 um, no. I I value the uh, information. Yeah, but I mean, like a lot of societies, like kind of like like small level. You can definitely be very secretive on the small level, like in like crisis. What I'm going to call crisis communes. So like hunter gatherer societies are basically like constantly in crisis because of food shortage and shit like that. They're incredibly disciplined. And so you can keep it. Not only that, the decentralized kind of like decision making system, um, like allows for very like difficult to track planning, because there's no center, like there's no natural center of planning. This is what makes Al Qaeda so difficult to like fight against, because the the network it's so networked. Yeah, that, if you if you uh, kill you just, one yeah. cell, yeah, leader, then there's there's four more that pop up. It doesn't matter. Someone's and, always ready like, to step yeah. up. Exactly. Uh, technology, once again, like network, network, uh, corporate structures have been massively like innovative, like just generally like decentralizing, democratizing workplaces have been incredibly like Apple and like Google and shit like that have been using network theory in order to innovate shit like that. So decentralization, massively advantageous. Like Mason talks about the information based business function best under work functions best under network structures cooperative self-managed non-hierarchical teams are the most technologically advanced form of work so we can don't have to worry about that strategic theory and doctrine like the whole like really strict marxist leninist like theory like massively shot the ussr in the foot because they were too busy making enemies with social democrats and shit like that to actually see what the hell was going on and they were too busy thinking about what stage of capitalism fascism was on to think about like building defenses so like that is a huge problem whereas like you've got like indigenous societies and shit who flee the state and do like crazy strategically genius things like um like uh like a like a like like a like mixed cultivation like a kind of like a i can't remember what it's called swiddening agriculture it's a form of agriculture which allows you to move about mm -hmm. uh, and they also do shit like like intentionally make their languages as incomprehensible to the state as possible in order to stop them from being tracked it's like re like they come up with some really clever shit so that's generally uh what the, you know the war preparation but this is the war problem. 
military operations. There have basically been sociological studies which demonstrate that um, decentralizing and flattening the structure actually makes, and that like NATO have done studies on this. Like people like uh, like like sociologists like connected to NATO have done studies into like war games where they've like decided to decentralize. Not like obviously not like completely decentralized, but they've increased the decentralization and gave the lower level like uh, commanders more initiative when it comes to uh, fighting. And just like the studies, you'll have to read the studies yourself. I mean, I mean, I it makes sense to me. If you look historically, there are so many big military blunders that if you go back and like yeah. read in them, it's because a general like didn't listen to one of their subordinates or they didn't have information that would have been available to one of their subordinates, right? What was yeah. that? Um, what was that? Um, the one I think of was like the Battle of Gallipoli, right? Or the Gallipoli. Uh... Yeah, it, it fucked up. We killed a load of we Yeah, because they had like mistimed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a fuck ton of uh, a fuck ton of the the Aussies died yeah, because of some like misaligned timing between the shelling yeah. and the 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 charge or something yeah. like that. Like decision making is incredibly slow when you have to go through like re loads of levels of hierarchy. If you keep it on the ground level and allow people to be like, "Yo, I understand that you got this like big brain fucking strategy, but they're like literally right over there. I'm gonna have to go and shoot them." Yeah, it's 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 just it just makes more sense. Um, and we can trust that they'll be invested in making the right decisions. In the sense, command, just generally, it's... Uh, command is Damn, I can't believe yeah, society basically. is dumb. Yeah, yeah, oh god, yeah. Um, That's just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, once again, command structures, like, there's also, like, loads of accounts of how effective the um, the anarchists in Spain... Like, think about the successes that the Peshmerga have had against ISIS and shit like that. We have consistent evidence that, like, society driven like militia based like decentralized military organizations are actually incredibly effective fighters and the fact that they don't have like a central form of command seems to be more of an advantage than a hindrance well yeah i mean you'd think america would have learned that lesson yeah. over the past like 20 years of dealing with insertions oh, yeah. or even i mean god even vietnam i mean didn't they had a fairly decent not all the way of course because you know um Ashiman, uh was was yeah. still you know their, their leader but but still like to a greater degree yeah. than than would be the case with like the American military. All right. Oh, yeah. Do you... Just one last... Go on. Yeah, no, no, Can I, can no. I just me. answer this one last thing? Hit me the fuck yeah, up. Wait, hit me the fuck up with that one last this thing. This is like, are you fucking ready, mate? Because this I'm is ready. actually something that I found out. I'm ready. It was like, whoa, fuck, this is fucking huge. First of all, like, guerrilla warfare, for a start, is the ability to use the terrain to your advantage when you have, a like, a technological or, like, force, like, firepower disadvantage. Che Guevara constantly talks about, like, smaller cells of guerrilla fighters being able to use their own initiative mm -hmm. it's actually like his emphasis was on like decentralization rather than authoritarianism and like an actual relationship with the population that you're fighting for so if you're going to centralize in the, like a state by definition it's something that's alien to the society and it's something that relies on a command structure so anarchists would be and like you can look at the zapatistas as an example they've been going for fucking ages but like guerrilla warfare in general is just very conducive to decentralized structures. And this is the big one. So people, you, you know, you're going on like, oh, you just nuke them. Not really. Because if you're working on a decentralized, a whole society's decentralized organization, there's no capital. You have no centers of production. You have no centers for, because like a nuclear bomb is just like a glorified sniper rifle. It targets. Is that what it does? Like, when it targets centralized like points of production or like just big points, big kind of like important points that cripple 
a society's war effort. If you're basing your th shit on like confederation, everything is decentralized. And it like the more you decentralize and the more spread out production is, and the more locally based, the more networked it is, the less effective nuclear weapons become. Hmm. I mean, that does make sense, right? I mean, nuclear... Okay, for one, if things are getting to the point of nuclear conflict, things are already pretty fucked. But, um, oh, yeah. But, I mean, um, they tried it. They tried it. This is the thing. They, like, they would, like, they were fucking ready to nuke the fuck out of those guys, but because they were a peasant society and their productive capacity was so decentralized, it would have done nothing. Yeah, because nuclear weapons, unless you're, unless you're going scorched earth and are literally willing to unload, <laughs> like, like enough to cause like a yeah. localized nuclear winter, which no state could do without immediate international condemnation, um, then y yeah. it, you're going to have much more success bombing Washington than you would bombing like a mountain range that's somewhere un underneath may or may not be a cell of one of many of, you know, like that sort of thing. The, there's yeah, much no, more ambiguity. If, if your towns, like, if you've got like fucking fifty towns spread across the entire territory that like function on munitions, you've got to nuke ten towns. Yeah, and it's going to be even more than that. Right. Uh, well, hopefully generally... it never. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Yeah, but just, like to conclude, like basically a lot of stuff is basically just like, effectively, the society is more invested. They're they're able to have a sustained fight because you can't like take out one big point in order to destroy the war effort. They're more flexible, which gives them more initiative. It's generally it's gone the it's gone the way of like most other decentralized forms of organization when it comes to industry and like activism and shit like that. In, and just general community organization, once again, like doing violence is no different. If you have a basis which is decentralized based on an integrated society who is invested and has its own initiative in order to protect itself authority is a massive hindrance it's not a it's not an advantage so would, would you say to conclude to conclude in conclusion that states are cringe Fuck it, yes. States are so fucking. I mean, you've seen Boris Johnson, you've seen Donald Trump. Mm. Have you seen? Have you seen Bolsonaro's fucking eyebrows? Cringe! Ah, disgusting. Mate, put a, up, put them like a in a compilation. Get them out of here. States I look are like cringe. A fucking raisin right now. I look like a raisin with a fucking cringe on. But um, I um, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on to speak with us. Thank you. And um, yeah, like I'm, I'm hoping to build on because there's stuff to do with international law which is like really promising are um, you um are you currently in your phd program or are you submitting i'm in, a, I'm, in a, I'm in my foundation year basically i have to do a master's in research which is basically like a proto phd i'm doing all the necessary reading for my phd at the moment uh and then in the next three years i'm going to be writing gotcha gotcha but yes i'm in the university and uh but you've got a while to go May I have a well speaking of which, uh, can I plug in my GoFundMe? What? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're free to post it in chat, which I assume you have open on your computer. I do have it open, although I have like muted the whole fucking thing because I don't want a 10 second delay on what I'm saying. Reasonable. That is cringe. That is completely that cringe. That is cringe. Like, I hate the sound of my own voice. No, I think you sound well, quite nice, personally. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please shout it out. Feel free to post it. Give whatever information yeah, you would I'll like. Post. I mean, you're staying live, so I can is making itself very difficult to like log in right now um i'm gonna uh oh god what's my password i feel like i'm like speaking of espionage i'm gonna have to like ah reset my password. all right sick all right then uh yeah yeah so basically yeah states are cringe uh 
don't do him, not even once. Warned you about states, bro. Uh, yeah, if there's anything, because I'm doing a PhD in general anarchist international relations. So if there's anything that uh, you'd like to talk about at another date, then just hit me up. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And did you post your link in chat? Uh, I'm just resetting my password so that I can. Send you do, send you, or, or you can send so to me, and I can put it in chance. Yeah, exactly. Tremendously. Um, thank you. I feel big brain and <laughs> and smart boy. Um, smart big brain, smart boy. Is there an is there a an upload of your um, anarchist defense thesis anywhere, or do you just have the download link? I just have the download link on your Discord if you want to. Uh, Could you do share me a favor? That. Yeah. Could you upload that download link to uh to anything like a like a Dropbox or or to uh just any kind of upload service so that I could link it alongside this when the uh, video comes out? Uh, I'll have to I'll I'll have to figure it out. I mean, I'm pretty computer illiterate. Is there any chance I could word file on YouTube? You can. You are also you can do that. You are also free to ask chat or Discord. They will yes. happily help you. It is not awesome. difficult to do. I believe you know in you, what, okay? I'll, if you, if you figured that. this shit out, I'm confident you can figure that shit <laughs> oh, out. Oh, yeah, I could. I just don't. Um, save that. Uh, right, I'll just, I'll just uh, get the... How do I upload shit into chat? Fuck it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, what, what, fuck it. I'll, fi I'll figure it out another... And gotcha. I'll get you the, uh... Also, trans rights, before I forget. There trans we go. Rights. Doesn't, even, doesn't even need prompting. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have a anyway, good day. Thanks, comrade. thanks for having me on. I hope you have a good day. I will. Have a good one, comrade. All right. See you later. See you. Bye. Bye. Guys, we are on a roll with really good conversations lately.